0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of One More Minute. It's your host, Monique Mitchell. Thank you all so much for joining me. And before we get started, I have to tell all my viewers, happy Juneteenth. Today is a day that is marked by 155 years of freedom for black people in America, realized and unrealized. Juneteenth has been around for all of our natural lives. Some people have celebrated it. If you're like me from Miami, the first time I ever heard about Juneteenth was in college when I attended the number one HBCU in the world. And some people haven't. Some know what it is and some don't. But we can all agree in 2020, it's finally getting its just due. It's taking on a whole new meaning. It's no secret that the last three weeks for us, or hell, even a year, have been complete and total hell. I mean, our world, a black person's world, is being redesigned and rediscovered. Hell, even others who aren't, you know, people of color are, are seeing and the weight of their transgressions and their judgments against other people of different races and creeds and backgrounds. Who would have thunk it that in twenty twenty, white people would see us and see our plight? I guess it only took, you know, kneeling on someone's neck for over eight minutes while they died and black protesting, black people protesting, rioting and burning down Gucci stores, begging for justice, change and reform to finally be heard and to be seen. Brands of people all over the world are capitalizing on a moment with Black Lives Matters messaging. Donations are being sent to organizations for reform. People are standing in solidarity with the black community. Finally. People's co-workers, friends and allies are crying what some people would call white tears for their guilt of, you know, probably operating in white privilege and not seeing black people for who they are. No matter how people feel about it, no matter how you feel about it, no matter how I feel about it, it's starting a much needed overdue conversation to move the needle um, with race in America. If I had to think of one word to describe how I feel, it would be tired. When I say tired, I literally mean it in every sense of the word. I don't think I've had a good night's sleep in over 30 days. I'm tired of the normalization of seeing lifeless black bodies on my timeline. I'm tired of the confusion and division in our country. I'm tired of begging to be valued, tired of falling victim to someone else's prejudices, privilege and proximity to access and opportunity. I think this time of rest has really made me think that about the one thing that has motivated me my entire life and how heavy it weighs on me. And that is my blackness. I was born in Miami, raised in Miami. I was raised in an upper middle-class neighborhood, but my parents are from the inner city of Miami and Coconut Grove and Brown Sud. I am the descendant And great-granddaughter of some of the first Bahamian settlers in an area in Miami known as Coconut Grove. Used to be a predominantly black neighborhood. Now, of course, due to gentrification, you can find us in one area, one part of the town, while other people take over the rest. I am the descendant and great-granddaughter of black Cherokee Indians from Gaffney, South Carolina. I am a third-generation Rattler attending one of the top HBCUs in the nation. I'm a member of the first black sorority. My whole life has been rooted in how black I am and how black I can absolutely be. As a dark skin, chocolate sister melanin has always been the and the foundation of who I am and what I've always wanted to do. It's been ingrained to me to be and do everything in excellence to be five times smarter, to work 10 times harder, to persevere and to be strong, to never let anyone see my weaknesses. My blackness has always been and always will be my greatest badge of honor. And it's scary to think in 2020 that the very thing I take pride in, it it will always in some way be my biggest burden, not because of how I see myself, but based upon how people see me and how I show up in the world, based upon the color of my skin. I realize now more than ever That no matter how many accolades I get, how many things I accomplish, how many things that I collect along the way, some people will never see me or revel in my success or they'll make it that much harder for me solely based on the color of my skin. And that is something as a 32 year old woman that does not sit well with me. There's something about the death of George uh, Floyd that's different. And it's kind of shaking me to my core. There's like a level of desensitization that you get when you constantly see, you know, people dying on, on your timeline and unarmed black men and women being killed like Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor, who we're still waiting for justice for. While their killers have no consequence and people rally around them and support them in their insanity. I think today's climate gives you this like really eerie feeling. Every single social construct that we've ever known is literally being torn down constructs biases and themes that existed in this country for over 401 years i guess the beauty in that is that while nothing will ever be the same we can only pray that it will get better now while i sit here in juneteenth my mind is boggled for the first time i heard about juneteenth in college i I sat in our mandatory african-american history studies class um, I learned about its origins, what it meant to be a free black person, why it was special. And I have to say, sadly, like many other black people, it's been a holiday that's been overlooked. And for the first time in my life, I'm celebrating it. I'm acknowledging it. I'm reveling in it. and I'm excited about it. But I think the resurgence of this holiday and this reappreciation, because we've never forgotten about it. We just didn't celebrate it because we didn't know what it was and what it meant and how important it was. I think it's symbolic. It's the beginning of something special and new one that we will always cherish and one that we will appreciate it's like you know my grandmother and my mom would always say you know you don't know what strength is until you need it it's like that strength that was like tucked away inside of us and we didn't know we needed it until today which is why it's so special it's always been there it always will be there and i think now it's time for us to do right by it enjoy the freedom that our ancestors so fearlessly and courageously fought for you know now more than ever I'm so excited to be black. I want to show up black. I want to love in black. I want to wear my blackness. I want to be black. I want to be around everything black. I live in a black city. Being black in my blackness will always be my motivation. It's going to be a thing that fuels me. It'll be the thing that will make me help other people. It'll be the thing that'll make me search and seek out knowledge, right? Uh, my blackness matters. It always has and it always will be in my blackness will be here to stay. Now, while we go out into the world and we celebrate Juneteenth from today until forever, while people are trying to capitalize on a special holiday, I want us to appreciate the stillness of it. I want us to celebrate where we are, where we've come from and where we're going. So I will use this day to educate yourself on the holiday, why it's important. Shout out to Texas for helping put it on the map. And just use Juneteenth as a day of celebration for freedom from here on out. So I hope today's podcast blessed you. It's been a while. There's been so much going on. I had to just, I needed a moment to decompress. But I hope this podcast blessed you. As always, I'm going to keep giving you more. Make sure you listen, you like, and you subscribe. Happy Juneteenth. Enjoy your day of independence and freedom and love and blackness. And I'll talk to you soon.